Hello and welcome to I Spit on Your Grays, the results show for best animal horror. I am Chris. I'm joined by my co-host, Mercer. Hello. Faye. Good morning. And our special guest, Mitchell Howard, is nowhere to be seen. (laughs) Bless him. It was too much for him from last week. He is now recuperating from the slagging (laughs) Cujo got off the the public. Or he's taking time to eat the Ramstein cake that he made for Manny's birthday, which, if you haven't seen it, go on Twitter at Scout the Horizon and look at that fucking spectacular cake because it's amazing. Look at him set till Lindemann on fire. A spot-on celebrity bake-off clearly waits for the man. How are we, though, both? Are we okay? Doing well, thank you very much. We might just have to watch out for my voice a little bit because it keeps coming and going um, because I've quit smoking. I'm on um, uh, day eight uh, of just going cold turkey, so no words, no nothing, just when uh, that's it, I'm done. Just to throw into the mix, I've also cut out carbohydrates and sugar, as well over the last few months so my body's definitely starting to respond to this and what's funny is we've just been talking prior to recording and my voice was fine it's a little bit of air time and it goes i'm retweet retreat it retweeting on myself my voice is gonna retweet i do apologize if um if I sound a bit rough in some places. Look at me now, I'm back to normal. How is it all going with the no smoking and no carbs and shares? Do you you good? Yeah, absolutely fabulous. No, it's it's fine. I've quit I've quit smoking before, but obviously never really quit smoking because I've always gone back to it. I don't find it an issue to stop as such. Like it's not like I don't go through these things, you know, like everyone goes through when they go, oh, I'm coughing a lot of shit up and um, I can breathe better and everything tastes better. Literally nothing really changes except I get a bit of funny voice to start with and then I'm back to normal and I may as well be on 40 a day because I've still got same taste and I still can't walk up a flight of stairs without having to stop for breath three steps in. I think that's just age, though, to be fair, mate. Like, I can't walk up a flight of stairs without getting out of breath. You're both rubbish. Have you, been, have you been watching anything to get you through this difficult time, Mercer? Um, you know me. What have I watched? CSI? Um, I, no, I haven't actually watched CSI. I, I did Kim's Convenience, four seasons of that. I started watching it. And I'm like, this is not great. And I were like three episodes into season one and I thought, I'm not really enjoying this. And then I put it on the other night. It felt like after every episode, it kept saying, oh, are you still watching this? And I'm like, Netflix, leave me alone. Yes, I'm still watching it. And you don't ask this often. Anyway, actually turned out they were like off three in the morning and I were like on episode 10 of season three. And I'm like, what this just happened and then i watched a film last night after soho this is separate i watched a film called malevolent 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 it is fucking awful have you seen it do you know which one i'm on there's a haunted house one called malevolence which has got florence fury and it's the worst no this is about some bankrupt the kid who gets kidnapped no sorry i haven't seen that where is some bank robbers go to this house and this kid's a psycho. Anyway, I watched it, and I'm like, this is a pile of pants. So then I went on to rate it, and I've already rated it, like, 7 out of 10. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I've never seen this film before in my life. Do I just go on IMBD and randomly rate things? Oh, my God, you're like a one-star review of it in reverse. Yes. Like, me 7 out of 10 every film that I'm not seeing. But I must have seen it, but it's not in my letterboxed. 
few innings. Just slightly off topic with Letterbox. Do you find that because you have to rate something out of five, that you're a lot more generous with it than you would normally be? So say, for example, you really like a film and you think if it was out of ten, it would probably like a, a six-star film, which out of five would be two and a half? Would that work? No? Three. 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 And then you look at three out of five and go, oh, I think that's quite generous. Quite low on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah, sorry, quite sorry, quite low on Letterboxd. It, just going out of five just messes with my frame of reference in terms of starring things. I'd much prefer to do it out of ten. When you half that amount, it doesn't look right. So why not just do it out of ten? I don't know, but interestingly enough, when I look at my or any Letterboxd rating, I don't see like two and a half out of five. I see five out of ten. I, I, just, I just convert it automatically. Good for you, Rainman. Wow. Wow. Have we, uh, have we seen anything else this week? Yes, we surely have. I'm going to let Chris come at the end and talk about what he wants to talk about because he's bubbling with excitement to talk about it, aren't you? I know what it is. Um, so Home last night was brilliant little shorts in Wear Rock, which was hilarious. Did you watch Wear Rock? Yep. So funny. Um, couldn't rate it on IMDb, not IMDb letterbox, sadly, because it wasn't there. But the films themselves, Precarious was really good, bit of a mindfuck. But, and I want to make sure I'm saying this right, because I'm probably not, El Cerro de los Dioses, or God's Hill, which I thought was fucking incredible. Like, I was literally edge of my seat watching that film, just invested in it completely. I loved that film so much. I thought it were amazing. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of reminded me a little, not a lot, uh, but I, I, it made me think of the conspiracy. Ah. The kind of build up to the actual craziness that happens. It's funny you should say that because when we got to the end, and obviously the reveal is there, um, it's, it's not it's not really a conspiracy film. We then got onto the subject of what we would pick for a conspiracy episode, and that came into mind conspiracy. I was like, oh, maybe that because that's such a good film. But yeah, sorry, that was just a little aside. That's nothing to do with obviously the film or whatever but the film was amazing I thought it it, oh, it was so funny and that ending as well it's, it's a bit creepy I thought did you not think a little bit creepy yeah I thought it was a really good film and I really like the fact that like all the the documentary so the people that were being interviewed were all actually famous Spanish people anyway mm. who all work in the like the industry so that was quite good because it it, it, almost, it created a sense of realism yeah so I, I did enjoy that. And I didn't realise they were all famous, but I was watching one of them going, but I know you from another film, and I'm sure that's your real name. <laughs> and then I looked at I, I, I went on IMBD, and I was like, oh, yeah, everyone is just playing themselves. Oh, um, yeah. Or, like, a few of the characters. Like, I did not realise that. Yeah, I didn't know they were famous. Yeah, so some of them have been in. Uh, in fact, it's funny because there's a Rec 3 poster, and I think one of them is from Rec 3. Uh, okay. um, oh yeah, the woman who was doing the reality TV show. Is he? Is he to forever? Is it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so she's like, <laughs> forever. Yeah. It's all done some really weird kind of films as well. Okay. I said weird, you know, like the um, I've seen Skins, that one where it's people like there's someone with our eyes, and this uh, it's a really good film. Watch it, but they've all done like alternative stuff. Anyway. But that's a really good film. Now I'm curious as to what Chris was getting excited about. I watched Godzilla vs. Kong and it is superb. It's great. It's everything you want and Godzilla's King of the Monsters was not. Chris, what? did you cry? 
I did cry at the end. You cried at the end. It's emotional. That's fine. Just asking. Just confirming. I did not watch it myself, but I will be this week. I think it's good to cry at films. I've said this before. I think we're so hardened by horror and stuff that we need to let some kind of emotion out at some point in his life. Um, I do agree that it's good to cry. And I had my own little emotional moment yesterday because I'm a lady. Certain things happen to ladies at certain times of the month and you become all emotional. And watching Jurassic World, I got emotional at the end where Blue comes back to defeat Indominus Rex with the T-Rex. And I welled up and nearly cried because I was so happy. But uh, that was a stupid thing to get emotional about. You look blue anyway, though. I do look blue. Yes. She's amazing. Like, if it comes to the new Jurassic Park or Jurassic World and she is not, like, queen of the dinosaurs, I'm going to be very upset. We went and watched this and you screamed yes at the T-Rex reveal. Absolutely did. When it comes back. Oh, my God, that shot is amazing. You've not... Have you seen it? No, and there's a lot of debate that's been going on over the last few weeks with Jurassic Park. Anyone who goes to the Soho Festival will know that there's a lot of debate. Um, I've never gone past the third Jurassic Park because I am not the biggest fan of the Jurassic Park franchise. Okay. So it's... I've never really wanted to watch the others. The only thing that would make me want to watch the others, and this makes me sound like a pervert, but let's so be it, is that Chris Pratt's in him, and I think he's good. But every time I say Chris Pratt's good, someone reminds me that he's a, a hunter who hunts for sport and not for food, and then that upsets me. As it should, because that's exactly the case. You will be happy to know that in both of the new Jurassic films, Chris Pratt is in them. He does look fine, but like he said, he kills animals for sport, and I'm not on board with that. So he instantly went out of my top five. I like the idea of Chris Pratt hunting for food, as if he's wandering around the the suburbs of LA, just with a bow and arrow and a loincloth, just hunting stray dogs. But, um... (laughs) That's him for the rest of the episode. If there's anything I've learned from the past few weeks of the So Home After Parties, it's that if somebody turns around and says they don't like Jurassic Park or Jurassic World for whatever reason, you just have to go, okay, that's okay. Then there's no publicly lynching anybody. There's no making anybody go off that Zoom call and possibly cry. And I think what we all have to remember as horror fans is quite often when we say we're fans of horror, people will look at us in disgust and be like, oh, what's wrong with you? You're weird. So we shouldn't be doing that to people just because they don't embrace a film that other people do. We should just say, yes, like you said, that's fair. I I, I appreciate what you're saying with your rom-coms. Jurassic Park's like a rom-com, really, isn't it? Pull it back in, Faye. Pull it back in, because I just said that to wind you up. Anyway, but I just think, you know, we need to um, we need to embrace people's opinions and not, like you said, jump on them. That's a brilliant segue there for people's opinions. Mercer, we put the poll out for our listener vote for our best animal horror. Do we have any feedback from anyone this week? Yes. Is it you so, coming in saying you hate Jurassic Park? Is that what it is? That literally is all the feedback that came through this week. was <laughs> me in images of myself as Jeff Daniels stamping on Jurassic... Jeff Daniels? <laughs> Jeff Goldman, stamping on Jurassic Park DVDs. They no. Cancelled. Cancelled in Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. But no, 
what we did get this week actually is a lot more conversation based on one of the films which was quite nice to see everyone kind of like jumping on and talking about how a feared they were of the eight-legged creature variety mm-hmm. of stuff um so that was quite nice i'm not going to read them but you know if you are interested visit our twitter page and have a look at some of the comments that came through we had a couple of responses about the actual films. So this one confused me a little. I couldn't really work out what the corpse writer Noel underscore Kelly was trying to say here. She put, now that I see the percentages, I'm slightly embarrassed. But my sister and I have a weird love for sleepwalkers. Our babysitters have a lot to answer for. Now, at that point, sleepwalkers was actually... A zero percent, I think, on the voting. I think what she means is that her and her sister have a love for the film, and then obviously the percentage was showing that nobody had voted for it. So she's a bit like, oh, she felt, yeah, she's like, oh, I'm clear, I clearly don't have taste because I'm very for a film that everyone else hates. But I think you that's do what because, she meant. as we said on the the thread itself, they were four strong choices for mm. everyone for this week's episode, and just because one of them wasn't doing as well as the others doesn't make it any less of a film or enjoyable. And from what I saw in the comments as well, Sleepwalkers was getting the most love out of any of them. Funnily enough, it was. We also had James Patrick Duffer gave us a very deep insight into his opinion, which was, God, I love Deep Blue Sea. Strong emotions there for Deep Blue Sea. And Darren Gaskell, obviously good old Darren, weighed back in saying... This is the longest I've taken over a split grades vote so far. Now that's, that's an interesting point. That obviously means that we did something right with the choices or they were all terrible. I don't know which one. Um, eventually I decided upon sleepwalkers. Booyah. That's me, not him because I love Mad Chinamic and the film is absolutely fucking bonkers. I wasn't overly impressed the first time I watched it, but I've come to realize the tie was wrong. Can that? Can you just show your T-shirt really quickly to Chris? Because I told him you had a Sleepwalkers T-shirt, which I can see you're wearing today. In honour of Sleepwalkers, yeah. That is a very good nice T-shirt. I did get this T-shirt from Redbubble, and I did order it in the wrong size initially, and they sent me this really tiny, tiny thing. And uh, Redbubble are great, because the second you say, oh, it don't fit me, they go, oh, we'll just send you a new one, and you don't even need to send that one back. I've certainly bankrupt Redbubble from people with T-shirts. <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry, Redbubble. No, but it's cool, because obviously they... My order, I ordered five T-shirts or something, all the same size, but for some dickish reason, I ordered my Sleepwalkers one in, like, an extra small. Yeah. Um. So it was clearly just a mistake, like, if you look at my order. Yeah. All the good um, Redbubble. Yeah. But then I did it, right, and I, didn't, I forgot I'd washed it in the washing that I'd put in, and then I tumble-dried it. Oh. Don't do that. Because all the print breaks and comes off. I did it to this and my Britney t-shirts. I were absolutely devastated, as you can imagine. As far as feedback goes, go on Twitter and read the um, interesting comments from everyone about arachnophobia. Got a few people played in there and the impact that it did have on people. uh, Because I do think it's worthwhile. And just before we leave this and Darren Gaskell's comments, I noticed every time he really struggles to pick from one of the films... It's never mind. Never mind. Never mind. He picks. 
He literally was going, oh, I really struggled with the ch- with my pick this week. Out of the three films, I immediately disregarded Chris's pick. And this is the watered-down rage that Chris is expressing right now. Because all I ever hear is, why does Darren never pick mine? Why does Darren always pick Mercer's? And it's interesting because both of you like to have this complaint about Darren not voting for your films, but he can only, like, the vote allows them to only vote for one. And, you know, it could literally be, and I'm, you know, I'm just saying this to appease you guys, but it could just be a pity vote because I've not won for a very long time. It must be. Can't really enjoy my choices. How dare sleepwalkers? Next time we next time we go on socially distant cinema, I'll have this out with him. We won't be invited back. I just want to say again, I 100% defend all of my choices and stand behind every single film that I've picked. And I'd like to think that I have brought something a little bit different to the table with my choice of films. Something that's, you know, I'm not going to say they're not common films or popular films because I think they all are, but I do think they're just a little bit not instant go-to films for most of them. Mm. And I'm proud of my choices. Whether they win or not, the fact is they made it into the top four, which we decide. (laughs) So from us being really, really proud of our choices, there's some people who absolutely loathe the films that we picked it's time for a one-star review who have we got dragged off the street this week we've managed to find fictional people off the street fresh from mario world fresh from defeating or helping defeat bowser and riding luigi or whatever he's doing toad from mario has rocked up to do our one-star intros Hey, Toad. Hi, Toad. How's it going? Uh, he likes Sia, Toad. So, uh, you wanna, you wanna sing us the one star review? Why did I sing you? I can't do anything. Where will I go? I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Remember you for a good time and said, Ramblings, go watch the bus. You'll be in the yard. You'll be in the yard. One, 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 one star review. I will just spill for Mercer and Faye Freya for a moment while they, while they, they're, they're just dumbstruck. They're, they're truly amazed. I'm going to die. <laughs> there you go. You don't often get that kind of impact. Oh. Are we both okay? Uh. Faye will just not speak for a moment because she's just so dumbstruck from that performance. She should probably just just rest up for a moment. <laughs> Mercer, were you amazed that Toad A came on and B gave that level of performance? I am not going to lie. I was blown away. Um, my eyes are singing because of water in. I think we should centre ourselves and get these reviews done. I think that's the way to go. Toad, Toad's left already. He's just gone. He's come in, he's smashed out of the park, he's gone, I can't, I can't do better than that. So Toad's left, he's just, he's gone, he's not going to top that, I don't think, he's just come in, smashed it, knocked out the ballpark, gone, not waiting for an encore, he's not one of them singers, stands there, needs the applause before he comes back on and does an encore. I don't know if his voice could take it if he had to do an encore. He's come in, he's smashed it, he's waved, he's gone, we thank him, 
very much for coming in and doing that. Like. He, he hadn't even gone for a bus. He's jumped on Mario Kart and he's off. Yeah, well, that's, that's the advantage of having a car, I guess. Right, from the absolute brilliance to the absolute ridiculous, which is one-star reviews. I will go first. This is from... It's either MC Sidious or Max Sidious. I'm not sure which one I like more. I'm not sure... I like the idea of MC Sidious or Max Sidious Rex. Max Sidious Rex. I'm sure you'll both agree with this. The the, uh, the headline of this review, which says, "I'd have pushed Saffron Burrows in the water in the first ten minutes." <laughs> there you go. So Max Sidious says this was an absolutely atrocious movie about a bunch of incredibly stupid scientists getting eaten by smart sharks. If I had seen two hurricanes on the radar, two count them days before they hit, and never mind that the genius cast doesn't notice until about 15 minutes before they hit, I would have thrown Saffron Burrows into the water to make the sharks happy and move to Kansas. And I like Sam Jackson better when he gets eaten by Velociraptors. Deep Blue Sea takes the level of cinematic implausibility and new lows, and the characters are so stupid that they could have been killed by sea urchins. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Not I love Samuel L. Jackson more when he's delivering iconic speeches in Pulp Fiction. No, I like... I like Samuel L. Jackson when he's getting eaten by different creatures. Who doesn't like the Samuel L. Jackson being ripped apart by dinosaurs? Is he in a Jurassic World? Jurassic Park? Oh my god, Mercer. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. um, I would say I was on board with your one star review, and that's a sad thing to say, but I was on board with the Saffron Burroughs comment. Um, I think we could have swapped Saffron Burroughs out for the girl in the Watchtower and the film might have been a little bit more enjoyable. It's still a good film, but as a character, I'd have rather have watched Watchtower Girl. I think we've, we've given Saffron Burroughs enough creep to be able to move, to move on. Mercy, um, do you want to cover yours next? Okay, yeah. So mine's a normal kind of review, a normal title, a very to-the-point title which is just terrible. I still can't believe I paid full ticket price to see this. An incestuous mother and son move from town to town, picking out virgins and sucking them dry. Literally. Mother and son are members of some bizarre race of feline people, yet they fear cats because cats can destroy them. Whatever. This movie is so stupid it hurts. The acting is atrocious, bordering on unbearable and unwatchable. The script is filled with unfunny jokes and even lamer attempts at seriousness. Seriousness. The plot makes no sense whatsoever, and none of the characters are very likeable at all. Not even the virgin heroine, whose sole facial expression consists of bulging her eyes out at the camera until they threaten to pop out on their stalks. I give this movie one star, and that one star is for all the poor feline extras who did not ask to be in this film. I hope they will pay enough catnip to keep the memory of this horrid excuse for a mover out of their kitty minds for the rest of their nine lives. The end. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's not far <laughs> off. <laughs> Dickhead. What? He says it's not far off. I enjoyed Sleepwalkers, but there are some points where you go, yeah, I completely agree with that. Nope, I don't agree with it. No, no, no. And it's funny because your review um, kind of relates to a lot of what I was reading about arachnophobia. I didn't, there were only five, five one-star reviews on IMDb for arachnophobia, and they were massively long. But what I was reading through, so many people had problems with the representation of the spiders themselves. So it's like, there's no way that a spider would make a web that big. Or one of them was like saying the size of the spider mating with a house spider is like a cat 
makes him with a Siberian tiger. It just won't happen. And so many people focused on that as the problem, just like yours is focused on the cats. But the cats weren't the problem. I know. I'm just saying. I think the problem was Machinamic's eyes. I didn't realise how bulgy they were, to be honest. <laughs> until, until you read that, and then you picture that scene where she's in police club going, <gasps> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did legitimately look like she looked like that guy who went on one of them talent shows and popped her eyeballs out. Oh, well, <laughs> um, like, yes. Why did he never go back in? Yeah, I can fall out and you can pick it stuck up and still look around. That's so weird. I guess then you'd be able to see what you actually look like. Because he said that obviously if you look at yourself in a mirror, you never see a true representation of yourself unless you get one. Of, I think we've discussed this before, unless you get one of those true mirrors. Whereas if you took your eyeball out and looked at yourself, You'd see an accurate representation of what you are. I tell you what, you try it and let us know how it goes. And if it's worth it, we'll do it. I'm on it. Awesome. I'll do mine next. This is obviously for arachnophobia. And this is from your old pal, Jim. Hi, right, Jim. You're right, Jim. <laughs> this is entitled, I would love to beat Ross Jennings with a broom handle. So again, we seem to have similar themes this week, you know, wanting to damage the characters as well. Okay, so this film has some good special effects and has a few good shocks. But how can anyone enjoy a movie where the guy's supposed to be the hero, Ross Jennings, as played by Jeff Daniels, is such a smarmy, revolting creep? If the characters of Ross Jennings and his revolting family are some screenwriter's idea of likable characters, I don't want to know what they would consider unlikable. My biggest disappointment was that the Jennings family didn't get wiped out. It also doesn't help by the fact that Jeff Daniels' idea of showing emotion is by exaggerated mugging. This was the first film I ever felt like walking out of. Sorry, for my money, I'll watch Tarantula, 1955, or The Naked Jungle, 1954, next time I want to see a killer bug movie. I'm also unsure how he's walking out of a movie when, like, Arachnophobia came out in, what, 92? Was it something like that? And this was written in 2001. Maybe he was waiting for the correct format to be able to write a review. He went and watched it went, Someday, there's going to be an appropriate forum for my review for this. Maybe. It's a bullshit opinion, but there you go. Also, a question. What does he mean by exaggerated mugging? Like, I didn't see no mugging in the film. We're going to go into uh, charades again, because, again, this is useful for an audience, but basically, like, it's, it's something you do with your face, in it, mugging? It's like... Not like, like, not actual stabbing, giving your money. It weren't like you were shanking a spider. How cool would that be? (laughs) If actually you were mugging spiders, mugging them on. That's why he's welcome to his home. Fucking spiders brought his crew, on it? He's like, come on, let's get this shit in. You know what I say with county lines when they're drug running between cities to the country? Is that what he's done? Jeff Daniels has moved from the city to the country as he's drug running. He's incurred and then another crew from South America, so drug capital, South America, has then moved into the same territory, and that's why it all kicks off. We've been looking at this so one-dimensional. This, this film is actually an allegory for the US drug crime problem. Could be. I'm also picturing it as a rape revenge movie now. Jeff Daniels left the city after raping and murdering an innocent spider, and that innocent spider's relatives from the Peruvian jungle went, no, 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 no. Can he have done it to a daddy long legs because they're the sexiest of all spiders? Because they've got legs up to here. Is a daddy long legs even a spider? It's not, no. Is it? No. Well, the dangly spiders that are sexy spiders, they're ones yeah. that don't, you know, because, like, they turn to dust. And if you see them in your house, yeah. they're like, there's just legs and no body anymore. Like, the body's just disintegrated. 
I see, I don't know much about spiders, but I thought that was either them shedding some sort of skin or it's their skeleton. No, please do not tell me spiders shed their skin. I well, can't I mean, tarantulas do. <gasps> what? They do, don't they? I don't know. I'm sure they do. So, if anyone knows, they do. They do. I've seen them. They absolutely do. I've seen them crawl out of their fucking skin before. I've seen them. Horrible. Really, it's only like you peeling after you've been in sun. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like my entire body coming off. Yeah, spider shed skin. In order to increase its size. The spider has to form a new larger cuticle ex- exoskeleton and shed its old one. This is called molting. Molting occurs frequently when a spider is young and some spiders may continue to molt throughout their life. Mercer, so think about the biggest like spider that you think's dead or that you've seen. No, that's that's just its own body because it's even bigger now and crawling around your house. Thanks for that, Faye. So all the bodies that I'm seeing are... Just smaller versions of a bigger spider that's crawling in my house, waiting for me to fall asleep with my mouth open so that it can place itself within my gullet, lay eggs, climb back out, and then I'm going to cough one day, and it's just going to be spiders spewing out of my mouth constantly, and then what will happen? Like, there'll be no flies. You know that spiders run on your face and rub their little dicks on your cheek throughout the night, don't you? It's a game they play. Where do you think blackheads come from? It's spider babies. Spider dicks. Fucking your paws. I wouldn't have dragged this completely back to some sense of normality, but with Mitt sadly not being with us today, I've got his one-star review ready and raring to go. This is for Kujo, which is Mitch's pick, and it's from Drunken Bitter Jesus. Well, <laughs> what, what could be better on this Easter Sunday that we're recording? If you came back to life, you would be better that someone had killed you, and you would probably go to the pub. Yeah. yeah. If they were open. Anyway, this is entitled, Who the Hell is Scared of Beethoven? Not me. If it came down to it, I could kick a dog's ass. <laughs> and that's why this movie doesn't work for me. If it was me against the alien, or Jason, or hell, I don't know, any other horror movie antagonist, then there'd be no contest. And I'd have my ass handed to me barring divine intervention. Well, you Jesus, she'd have to probably fucking get involved. <laughs> A horror movie works because it puts people in a situation with a creature, person, being, entity, whether that is more powerful or resourceful or intelligent than they are. And then people think, well, what if that happened to me? And they get scared. And that's why this is a horrible idea for a story. I can't imagine myself being terrorised by a dog, so I'm not scared. Let's send a dog round to Drunken Jesus and see how he fares against it. A rabid dog. Let's put him in a him in a room with a rabid dog and see if he comes off better. We could even just let him speak to a bunch of delivery people whose life is in danger every day because dogs attack. And dogs do attack delivery people because they, you know, they're flatting something in or taking something away. And that scares the dog. <laughs> you can you can you can't blame the dog. If we're driving going around trying to slot something in, the dog has a right to defend itself. We're back in fucking rape revenge territory now. Cujo, the rape revenge film. She, she forced herself on that dog. And that's where that little whiny brat came from. No wonder it were howling in car. This has gone off the rails a bit. You know, it's a bank it's holiday weekend. When can you not talk about dog rape revenge movies? Or spider rape revenge movies. I feel like Spider Rip Revenge movie was acceptable. I feel like Chris took it one step too far with Dog Rip Revenge. Yeah, like that could actually happen, couldn't it? But 
you are all right. Um, it is Easter Sunday. If you can't talk about revenge on a Sunday, then when can on an Easter Sunday, when can you talk about it? Any other day of the week, probably. True. So that's our Wonder Star reviews for this week. Toad, unfortunately, as I say, he left. He's, he's carted his way out of here, so he's not going to sing us out. He was screaming down the road as he left. He was. God knows how his throat takes it. Bless him. So that just leaves finding out who's won this week's episode. So... Anna, sir, of Christopher, I speak. Anna, Graves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't, two things. I don't know why I had to do it in an Italian accent. And secondly, um, I said Graves, not Graves, so I apologise. I know, it's not enough that she's spitting on our as a film. She's uh, literally going, I just spit on your grave. Well, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you both. S- sorry, guys. Um, let's be honest, dear. Sleepwalkers would have been a worthy winner because all of Sleepwalkers. A little insight into the spit grid behind the scenes. Chris was really mad that he did not win this one. <laughs> because he was five points away. I, I, I won the public vote. I'm claiming a moral, a moral victory. It's fine. Um, but I'm sure we all, I mean, Cujo as well, Cujo's an amazing film, but I'm, I'm sure we all agree that nothing has the ick factor like arachnophobia does. None of the other films make your skin crawl as much as this does. Am I right? Yeah, so you're basically saying you're into incest. Incest? Spider sex? Yeah, not incest. You're saying none of the other films have an ick factor or make your skin crawl. And there's a mother and son fucking on screen and that don't make your skin crawl. So you're into incest. That's what you're saying. Makes me feel sexy. Yeah. But yeah, that ick factor in watching Arachnophobia and you go, that fuck this, fuck that, fuck all spiders. You're quite right. While all four were really strong choices this week, which I think... Everyone can agree. I think everyone came, brought their A-game their choices this time. Yes. But I think we can all say, yeah, we'll, arachnophobia is probably the word we went out before. Yes. So thank you very much. I'll, I'll accept one more round of applause, guys. Mercer, I see you not clapping. I am clapping on the inside. Okay. What I'd like to do is uh, I'd like to just run through how actually the film's all fared. Are you ready for this, everyone? because it's going to be a while since you heard this. But in fourth place was me with Sleepwalkers. Yes, that's right. I am now going back into my pole position of coming last. I had a couple of weeks of almost doing it, and now it's just like, yep, John, Mercer, we give you a chance. We tried to build you up. You didn't win, and now we're saying, fuck you, Mercer. Get it back at you with your choices. Um, But, you know, hey-ho. I said it before and I'll say it again. Stand by my mother licking choices. Thank you very much, public. And thanks to those who voted, though, because I love you. Everyone who didn't, yeah, do one. Yeah, it came in fourth with the grade C. And I'd like to say that it was not far behind the third place film, but that would also be a lie. In third place, with a grade C also, was Kujo. Shocking. That obviously means in second place, Deep Blue C. Also with a grade C. <laughs> Just this start on a grade B. Literally, on the cusp. Uh, great seat. And then, obviously, we've got arachnophobia as a spin-out. 
winning with a B grade, which I think is acceptable, but I, I kind of thought it might have done a bit better. But it won, and that's all that counts. Arachnophobia, the winner. Again, fair. The winner. Oh, one well, last week. Oh, fair. The winner last week as well. I think something's going on here. Oh, dear. Do you think something's going on? Because, you know, arachnophobia obviously won public vote. Oh, no, wait, it did not. True. Normally, you would pick our next category coming up for us to do battle on. That's going to have to wait a couple of weeks, though, because we are this Saturday coming up, the 10th of April, we are going to be joining Mitch Harrod again live the Shockdown Saturdays from Soho Horror Film Festival. That is right. We are outstaying our welcome on that fest. You're going to be sick of us. But this is to make up for us not doing this animal episode live. Yes. Well, not this one, but the previous one live. So we're just making it up for them. Um, what I would say is to anyone who does listen to us who doesn't follow the Soho Virtual Festival on Facebook, make sure you do. Because not only will you get to see, watch, see us physically in the flesh, live, talking about what, did we say what we were talking about? I can't remember. We're doing what we're doing. Um, you'll also get to see some pretty good films that night as well. When Mitch is involved, he brings his A-game to programming. Maybe not to his animal horror, but still, we should probably let people know what we are going to know. It's going to be best medical horrors. Ooh. A wide range of films that fall into that category as from our choices already. Not that we're going to let anyone know what they are as of yet, but from our choices, they are varied and wide, and they should be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, so if you want to get in on the action and listen to us, like I say, um, if you go to So Home Horror Fest on uh, Facebook, and you can also follow the action at Soho Horror Fest on Twitter. And if you want to um, hear some opinions about what's come before, um, if you follow Socially Distanced Cinema, Darren Gaskell has people on each week. We've been on ourselves uh, talking about what's been on at Soho. So get on that and have a listen. I would also like to give a quick plug to my sister podcast, Select Match Type, as well. Because I realised when we did this episode last week and we were talking about podcasts that were worth listening to, I completely ignored my own. So if you're a fan of all things wrestling, and let's face it, a lot of horror movie fans are, then come and find us at Select Match Pod on Twitter, and you can find us at Select Match Type on all the usual podcast providers. Sweet. And, of course, if you want to get hold of Spit Grades, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spit Grades. Uh, I spit on your grades on Facebook and I don't know why I keep saying this every single week, but if you do want to email us... No one's emailing us. We, we, need, to, we need to... No one's emailing us. They don't care. We've had no dick pics. I'm anticipating that. I'm looking forward to it. And we've had none. Apart from Mercer that one time when he got drunk and sent one in. Yeah, true. He was just trying, he was trying to get the ball rolling. He was. But yeah, if you do want to email us any, any reason, you can reach us at electricpossums at gmail.com. And please, if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the previous ones, even if you didn't like this one, if you like the old stuff we've done, stuff we're doing in the future might be good. So please rate, review and subscribe. I guess that all that remains to be said is uh, goodbye, my friends. Goodbye, my lover. I know you're going to search, you're gone, but I can still feel you here. It's not the end. We've all got to keep it strong before the pain turns into fear. All right, yeah, bye. See ya. See you on Saturday.